Alright everybody, so I've had a lot of people reach out to me, giving me a lot of support for signing the People in Tech podcast, and I want to really first say thank you for supporting me, but this Anchor platform has been amazing and been changing my life, getting me connected with some people in this industry that I never thought I would actually get to not only have conversations with, but learn from. And I know some of you who are tuning in are asking, Caleb, how'd you start a podcast? You know, when I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places people listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? Well, keep it simple. The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. And we ridiculously easy to use. My very first episode I did for my iPhone 6 Plus. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors too. So you can get paid to do your own podcast. Hop on the Anchor platform so we can collaborate and build this community up. You know, one thing I love most about Anchor is that they're constantly being innovative, you know, allowing podcasts to leverage music, get sponsorship, get paid, and ultimately be the best content creator you can be. So if you've always wanted to start your podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Again, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Have you ever Are you listening? You're listening to the People in Tech podcast, a technology show that's made for the people. Join the conversation with your host, Caleb King. What's up, everybody? Check out the new intro. I've been working on this for a while, and it's finally coming together. And as the host of the number one technology show out there, it is my job to make sure we are continuously improving the content we deliver to our day one listeners. Speaking of day one listeners, if you are new to the show, thank you for joining the conversation. We appreciate the support. And all we ask is if you can subscribe, five star, and leave a review. Now, for today's topic, we're going to be talking about picking a programming language in 2018. Now, Today's episode isn't geared towards tech newbies, and it's not geared towards people who've been around the block. It's literally made for both. And what I want my listener to walk away with is you are asking the question, then I want you to be as specific as possible, and I want you to be able to articulate what you are trying to accomplish if you want to get into programming. For those of you who've been around the block, I want you to become an active listener, and I want you to start asking follow-up questions so that way who was ever asking you the question they're coming to you and they're trusting you you can do that person justice in your response so let's get into it ladies and gentlemen are you ready all right guys so i've been asked this question several times in the past and i always feel bad because I can never answer it in five minutes. I think picking your next programming picking your next programming language is something that you really want to consider your audience. So for those of you who are asking the question to somebody like me or somebody who's been doing it longer than myself, 
Be specific on what you are trying to accomplish. What are your goals? What does success look like to you? Because depending on that answer, it becomes a lot easier for somebody like myself to give you honest feedback, to give you direction, to give you advice or the next steps or what you need to do to take the next step forward. If you just come to me and you're like, I want to learn how to code because blockchain is cool and I want to become crypto rich, it's going to be very hard for me to even tell you where to start because one, your intentions don't seem very genuine. Two, in terms of direction, I, I feel like I can point you anywhere. And because I can point you anywhere, I don't want to tell you where to go at all. But ultimately, uh, I'm going to use two examples. And I, I, one really applies to people who have been in the tech world for a while. And one that applies for people who are maybe new to the tech world and want to look into getting into tech and get more into programming and understanding how to code. But I was recently at a conference and my boy Juan, so shout out to Juan, came up to me. Caleb, I love your podcast. Uh, I saw you working on Vegan Eats. That looks interesting. Uh, hey, man, you know, I'm in sales, but I came to this tech conference because I want to get into programming. Okay. Which language do I start with? And again, that was a very good question. So let's just kind of recap Juan's situation. So Juan is, I believe, is in his mid-30s. He has a family, has two daughters. Uh, he has a wife. And he has a sales job. So when I was talking to Juan, I'm like, hey, man, like, you know, you're already kind of established in your field. And it seems like you're doing good work and you're getting good money. So, you know, what are you looking to gain? What are you looking to accomplish learning how to code? And Juan just pretty much came back to me and he was honest. He was like, hey, man, I like sales, but sometimes it's just so cutthroat. And there's some years where I feel like I did great. And there's some years where it's just like it just really hurts me and the family. And man, shout out to Juan for just being transparent about it. But after he hearing his story, I was like, well, what are you looking to switch careers? And he just came back. He was like, yeah, I would really like to work at one of those established tech companies because one, you hear like the work lifestyle, the work balanced lifestyle is just phenomenal. And I asked him the next question, you know, what, what do you consider a good company? Like, give me a few dream, if tech skills were not a thing. Give me a few tech companies you would love to work for. And he just threw out all the big ones. Uh, you know, Facebook, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Ticketmaster, LinkedIn. Like, like he does big companies. And he's like, so if I was, you know, if you were in my situation, Caleb, you know, knowing what you know, how would you pick a programming language? Where would you start? How do I learn? And he actually did a little research before. One, he was already attending the conference, so you know he was putting in the, the effort. And you know, since he's a family man and in sales, or he had a job and a wife and kids, uh, I know all his time is valuable, and he has to be very uh, cognizant of his time. So I, I pretty much, after hearing Juan's response of what a good company looks like, what he's looking to gain, he wanted a career switch. He wanted to develop the skills to get into programming, but he also didn't want to quit his day job to just jump right into it. So what I suggested to him, I'm like, hey, Juan, so all the companies you just mentioned, they're enterprise level development. 
And they normally look for, and again, this is a very general answer, but they normally look for somebody who has Java or JavaScript and or both experience. Uh, for me, I'm a JavaScript developer, but everything I've worked on has prob probably had Java somewhere laying around. So I'm also familiar with Java, but my strengths are in JavaScript. And I pretty much explained to him like my background, my story, and I was telling him like, hey, before you even do a whole career switch, because also you have to consider people who want to get into programming, depending on their story, if they're a little bit older, you have to understand like if it's a career switch, like, hey, it's not going to be an easy career switch. But what I've noticed about uh, people who are like 30 and above who want to get into programming, they're a little bit more serious and dedicated to learning the language and the technical skills. I've noticed people who are younger, like t under 25, they might just get into it because it's like the new thing to do. They think it looks cool. They want to work out of Google, but then when they actually see the work they're doing, they're like, that doesn't really interest me. But by the time they figure it out, it might be too late. So in Juan's case, I was like, hey, man, based off everything you said, I've learned Java and JavaScript. And you're probably going to need to know HTML and CSS. Now, depending on how you like to learn, I learn best by doing. But for you, starting off, I used to just watch uh, courses on Team Treehouse. There's so much free content on YouTube. And starting off, before you even consider a developer boot camp or paying for a month-to-month -month service, I would just check out some of the free content. And I would really try to build two applications. I would try to build like a to-do list and then maybe a calculator. But start very simple with the to-do list. And he's like, okay, now, like, where do I find information? And I, again, going back to him, I'm like, well, Java is a standard programming language that is maintained by Oracle. So you can go on Google and literally type in Java Tutorials Oracle, and that should direct you to the Oracle site where they have uh, walkthroughs. And they're pretty good tutorials, in my opinion, to understand what programming in Java really means. Uh, some people like to learn by books. Some people like to learn by video. Uh, in programming, I wouldn't suggest necessarily that's listening to podcasts, but I did suggest to them, like, hey, start checking out uh, Software Engineering Radio, JavaScript Jabbers, uh, People in Tech Podcast. Like, I was trying to tell them, like, there's so many technology podcasts. Try to find one where... There's a code newbie. Like there's there's so many platforms where it kind of helps people in this situation get started. Uh, but I was I I guess to recap. I really tell Juan I'm like, hey, for the first month, just go through Java documentation, go through a free code camp. That's also one of my favorite resources because one is free, and two, they actually have you slowly write out code, and they challenge you with small projects. But it's really cool curriculum and guidelines to how to get a better understanding of what programming is and what it entails and everything in between. So that was my advice to Juan. Since that conversation, he's actually built a to-do app. He built a calculator. And he actually is working on his portfolio page. Now, he still has his sales job. And last time I talked to him, he's actually thinking he wants to keep his sales job because he's been doing great this year. But he wants to build a mobile application for his two girls because he always feels they play on his phone. 
But he's like, God, I wish they would play on my phone, but also learn while playing on my phone. And he's like, but I can't put him on like a, a book or even like something that's made for learning because they think that's boring. Like I wish it was a game. So I told him I got a few ideas for him. Uh, but yeah, we're taking one step at a time. But yeah, shout out to Juan for putting in work and doing his thing, man. Uh, really proud of you. And the fact that you are a family man and getting into programming, like kudos, because that I I have my girlfriend, I have my dog, and I spent a lot of time trying to learn how to code, and I still feel like I got more to learn and grow. So in that case, uh, really was trying to focus on what he was trying to accomplish, what his goals were, and Wom is very specific. Now let me give you another quick story on somebody who is very, what I like to call, buzzwordy. I met this 18-year-old kid at a blockchain conference. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw me post about it on uh, Instagram or not, but, he, man, the guy was dressed in a suit, and he was like, yeah, blockchain, and like, I got money, and I think I want to get into development, but I don't know. I, like, how how would you start? He like, I, don't, I think I want to do, like, blockchain and AI, like, where, and I, I just remember, like, talking to him, and everything he said was just a buzzword, artificial intelligence, blockchain, cryptocurrency, security, uh... You know, machine learning, data science, engineering. Like, he just kept throwing out buzzwords. And being an experienced person, we get those type of people who come to us and they're like, hey, I have this great idea. I want to blockchain Facebook, and it's going to be better than Facebook. And then describe, they describe their idea, and then we kind of sit here and listen. Like, that's not – you don't even really have an idea. You're just saying words, and you, you want to make it like Facebook – but I don't even know if you understand like what Facebook really is anymore. It sounds like you're just saying tech jargon to sound like you're talking about tech. And that can be very challenging to deal with. But I would suggest to my listeners that if you are experienced and somebody does come to you with an idea and they're interested in learning how to program to build or pursue their idea, I would really just start asking more follow-up questions. What are you looking to accomplish? What are you looking to gain? You know, are you interested in programming? Or are you more interested in delivering the product? Uh, do you need investors? Do you even care if you have something? Because like a developer will spend a whole year building an app and making it perfect, where somebody who's not a developer, they'll find somebody who can do a prototype in an application like Framer or Envision, and go to somebody who has money and be like, oh, yeah, this is how the app would work. Oh, no, this isn't the app itself. This is the prototype of the app. And that'll take them two to, two to four weeks, maybe. And next thing you know, they'll have somebody say, oh, here's a quarter million dollars. Get, get to work. And developers get upset because they're like, no, that's not even a real thing. <laughs> it, it's kind of crazy how the world works like that. But a lot of times you, you do have to understand that if somebody does have an idea, Listen to them, challenge their idea, ask them where they are. A lot of people, when it comes to picking a language, they want to get into programming because they want to pursue an idea they have. Challenge that idea. Make sure they understand that, hey, one, is it possible? If you're trying to get information from X and display it on Y, do you even have access to information X? Uh, doing it in code is definitely possible. And I would say as a developer, most things are possible. And some of the best developers I worked with, they really enjoy solving complex problems. But we can't do the impossible. So if you want to, for example, download all the content from Netflix on a thumb drive and show it off somewhere else, 
that's probably not going to happen because Netflix won't let you download. So I can tell you right now, you can spend months learning how to code and then find out that you can't even get the data you want. And you're like, well, shoot, my idea is trashed. So challenge the idea. When people come to you, don't knock them immediately. Uh, I think this happens a lot in the gaming industry where people come up to you, somebody like, oh, I have a phenomenal game. It's just like Call of Duty, but it's not Call of Duty. It's way better. And then after they're done describing it, you're like, you sound... It sounds just like Call of Duty, or it sounds just like Facebook. It sounds just like Instagram. It sounds just like Tinder. What's the difference? Are you niched? If you're not niche, what makes you unique? Uh, I, I always like to use Bumble as an example. Bumble is now one of the most popular dating apps, and that's how I met my girlfriend. But what makes Bumble so cool was Bumble was literally swipe right, swipe left, slightly different UI, but the difference was, oh, women have to reach out to guys first. That was literally, the, in my eyes, the only difference that they had over Tinder. And I think women really took, really took that as a good thing because they're like, God, I'm just constantly getting dick pics sent to me daily. These guys are nonstop messaging me. Like, I have to block them. They're messaging me so much. He's so creepy. Oh, my gosh. I can't stand it. And then Bumble was like, oh, we... They saw a problem. They saw some friction. They're like, oh, we can build that app. And they're like, and here's the only difference. For my app, the Vegan Eats, I was like, hey, I deliver food. Uh, Uber Eats does the same thing. Caleb, Postmates, Dash, uh, DoorDash, Grubhub, they all deliver food. And I'm like, yeah, but you can't order from chefs. Oh, again, sometimes you have a great idea, and all it makes it great is one niche, one little thing. But understanding... If you want to build it yourself or if you want to learn programming to build it, that's a different question. And really try to have a good self-awareness of what you're trying to accomplish. What are your goals? So I hope you enjoyed today's mini episode. We really just covered a few different things, but walk away with being an active listener, asking the follow-up questions, and understanding what your audience is trying to accomplish. Because if you know what they're trying to accomplish, it's a lot easier to give advice. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to subscribe, comment, leave a review for your boy because I got to do my thing and I'm trying to be a better content creator, but I'm only going to know what content to create if you guys let me know. So again, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a day one listener. I'm out. Peace.